Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's the wise man, the wise woman who can be corrected and be shown that you might think you're right, but you are wrong. It takes a great man, a wise man, a great woman, a wise woman to admit, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I thought I was right. I'm wrong. And they heed the counsel. They receive the correction. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. You ever get defensive when someone corrects you? Now, sometimes the corrector doesn't say it kindly, but nevertheless, Pastor J.D. reminds us today that it's the attitude of a wise man to take correction and admit he's wrong. Don't be so stubborn that you can't listen or learn. God gave instructions to save you from hurt. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 12 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Chapter 12, verse 1. I love this uh, verse. I think you'll see why here in a moment. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Is it okay if I just read that again? Just would you indulge me? Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Yes, the word stupid is in the Bible. So there. And it's true, isn't it? I mean, the stupidity of the one who hates to be corrected. They hate correction, and it's for their own good. What a stupid fool. I'll only say it a couple more times, and then we'll move on, so bear with me. But the stupidity, the folly of one who is corrected and they will not receive that correction. They do so to their own peril because of their, one last time, stupidity. Now again, these are contrasting proverbs, these nuggets of wisdom. And the contrast is between the wicked, the unrighteous, the fool, and on the other side, the wise, the righteous. And the one who loves instruction loves knowledge. And the one who does so, does so to their own benefit. You know, when somebody corrects me, and we're going to see this recurring theme, as there are many recurring themes throughout this book. It's because they love me. Think about it. If they didn't love me, they wouldn't bother. We tell our children, right? (laughs) This is for your own good. I'm doing this because I love you. To which the child usually responds, 
or love me less than. (laughs) Because we have to correct. We have to discipline. But the one who hates it, rejects it, they do so in their own folly and to their own peril. Verse 2, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. But, here's the contrast, a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. This is a pretty stark contrast, isn't it? That the one who is walking righteously, uprightly, well, they obtain God's favor. Whereas on the other side of that, the one who is walking in wickedness, in unrighteousness, God, instead of showing them favor, condemns them. Verse 3, a man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. In other words, (laughs) the one walking in righteousness, pleasing in the sight of the Lord, they are established as opposed to the one who is walking in wickedness, their ways are never established. They're always on shaky ground. Verse 4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. I'm going to read that one more time. (laughs) An excellent wife, a good wife, is a blessing to her husband. She honors him, a crown to him. The implication is, is that this excellent wife, this blessing of a wife, treats her husband like a king. That's the picture I get. A crown of her husband. Isn't it true that kings wear crowns? Hey, guys, don't elbow your wife. (laughs) I mean, when the wife treats her husband that way, she's a blessing to him. But conversely, she's like rottenness in his bones, the one who is not a blessing. Verse 5, the thoughts of the righteous are right. That would seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, right? The righteous think righteously, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words, verse 6, of the wicked are lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Verse 7, again along these same lines, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. I think of that parable that Jesus taught about two builders, both of whom are going to build a house, and one of the builders, the wise builder, built his house on the rock, whereas the foolish one built his house on the sand. So when, not if, when the storms came and the storms do come, 
the house that was built on the sand comes crashing down. Jesus says actually that it fell with a great fall because of the foundation. And what's really interesting is the difference between the wise builder who built on the solid foundation and the foolish builder who built on the sand, the difference was the one who built on the rock heard the word and applied the truths. I want you to hang on to that as we're going to come back to that a little bit later. They both heard the word, but the difference between the two builders was, I mean, you could, I heard one pastor, it was kind of interesting, say both of these builders went to the same church. They both heard the same word. The difference was, Jesus said, the wise builder put the words of Jesus into practice. What does that mean? He applied them in a practical practice He applied the truth to his life. It's been said that knowledge is just information, but wisdom is the application of information. I mean, you can know, but unless you apply that which you know, what good is it? What's the use? You can have knowledge, but it's the one who puts the words to practice and applies the truth in their lives. And they are unmovable. Their foundation is solid. It's built on the solid rock and the solid foundation. Verse 8, a man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. You know, and maybe somebody comes to mind when you think of this, but there are just some people that you don't want to be around, because they're so deceitful, they're so dishonest, they're so perverse of heart, and truly they are despised. And look at the contrast again to the man who is walking in wisdom. He is commended. That's the one you want to be around. Verse 9 is interesting. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. In other words, there's somebody that will pretend to be rich. We're going to see this again come up a little bit later. But there's one who is pretending to be rich, but he's not. And then there's one who you would never know that he's rich, but he is. And we're going to see that again in just a moment. Verse 10, a righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. In other words, there are some people you can tell They're just cruel to animals. But it's the righteous one who regards the life and is kind to animals. Verse 11, he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but 
he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. In other words, there are those who pursue these frivolous pursuits, and they are devoid of understanding. It's almost, it it sort of carries with it the idea of get rich quick. And yet they're contrasted with the one who is hardworking, works their land, and they will fully be satisfied. And again, conversely, the one who is after these frivolous pursuits will never be satiated. Verse 12, the wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. You know, it's the fool, the lazy, and this again is one of the overriding themes in the book of Proverbs. You really come away (laughs) with this understanding that laziness is condemned, really. I think it was, again, Larry Burkett who said, and I never really thought about this until I heard him say this, but do you realize, think about this, that work was blessed before the fall? Adam and Eve were given the Garden of Eden, to work the garden. Work was blessed before the fall. The curse came when sin came. Now, I say that to say this. Do you realize that we're going to be working in heaven? We are. Not like we understand it now, because work now has been cursed. It's by the sweat of our brow. But before sin entered the world, work was blessed. Laziness, if I dare say it, is cursed. And again, this will be an overriding theme throughout the book of Proverbs, as we're already seeing. Verse 13, the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips. Boy, there, stop right there. I mean, this is for me actually, I have to confess, because basically what it's saying is the more you say, the more likely you are to say something you'll regret. You'll be trapped by your own words. Your own words will condemn you, ensnare you, as we've talked about and we'll talk about again in the book of Proverbs. With many words, transgression is unavoidable. I think about what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, uh, you are God in heaven, here am I on earth, let my words be few, a verse that my wife quotes to me very often, <laughs> let your words be few. The more you talk, the more likelihood there is for you to get in trouble because you talked too much. But the righteous will come through trouble. Verse 14, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Again, this speaks to the power that we have 
in our tongue, in our words, in our speech. It is the power of life and of death, really. Verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. It's almost like saying the same thing as verse 1 in a different way. The one who hates correction. You can't correct him because you can't tell him anything. Because in their way of thinking, in their way of looking at it, in their own eyes, what they're doing is right. And again, we'll see this come up again. It's that well-known proverb that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it is the way that leads unto death. Jesus said, wide is the road, and many thereof that go, that leads to destruction. But the road, the gate, the path that leads to life, very narrow, and only a few go. So the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. You can't tell them anything. They know it all. And they're always right. Don't you hate that? They can never be wrong. And they can never say those words. I was rude. I was rude. <laughs> they just can't. But on the other side of that, it's the wise man, the wise woman, who can be corrected and be shown that you might think you're right, but you are wrong. It takes a great man, a wise man, a great woman, a wise woman to admit, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong. I thought I was right, I'm wrong. And they heed the counsel. They receive the correction. Verse 16, a fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is speaking of the short-tempered, you know, short fuse, the one who blows their top, you know at once. Verse 17, he who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. This is speaking deceitfully, perhaps knowingly, deliberately bearing false witness, a false accusation. It's one of the commandments, isn't it? Thou shalt not bear false witness, never bring a false accusation against anyone, and if you do, you are bearing false witness. And the idea here is, is that it is deliberate with intent to deceive. You're bearing false witness in order to deceive. Again, contrasted with the righteous who when they speak, they speak truth. You've heard that expression? Whenever their lips are moving, they're lying. You know they're lying whenever their lips are moving. You ever heard that? Well, this was many years ago on the mainland. I knew somebody that if they told me it was raining outside, I would go out and check. And I also 
knew somebody, if they told me it was raining outside, I'd grab my umbrella. Because I know they would always speak the truth. Verse 18. This is interesting, again along the same lines. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, very cutting, very hurtful, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Again, this tongue has the power of life and death. You can cut somebody to shreds, or you can build somebody up. You can tear somebody down, or you can build somebody up. You know that that famous saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. (laughs) That's funny. Are you kidding me? I would sometimes rather have the sticks and the stones than the words, because the words not only hurt me, they can utterly devastate me. I can be cut down, pierced, as with a sword. I think we have to be oh so careful with not just what we say, but how we say what we say. Just our our tone. You can say the same exact thing in a different tone, and it will change the entire complexion, the entire meaning, and the way that it's received. That's wisdom. Verse 19, again along those same lines. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Verse 20, same lines. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. In other words, somebody that is deceitful, not truthful, that lies and devise these evil plans, do so with malicious intent. It's in their heart. And that's why. Verse 21, no grave trouble will overtake the righteous. Now, notice what it does not say. No grave trouble will ever come upon the righteous. No, <laughs> the righteous have trouble. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. You will have trials. You will have problems. You will have trouble. <laughs> but be of good cheer. Cheer up. Why? Because I have overcome the world. The words of wisdom the book of Proverbs provides weren't meant to only be applied to life in the author's time. They were also meant to benefit generations to come, including you. All ages and walks of life can benefit from this book in this modern world. Proverbs gives you practical advice for living a life that's pleasing to your Creator. It also shares insight for ways to interact with others to not only show love, but to model Jesus. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from Proverbs when you join us next time on In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from Pastor J.D. at our website, 
in spiritandtruthradio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and even download our mobile app. This is a great way to keep Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you wherever you go, and even share them with others. You'll find a link to download at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app or on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in Proverbs and that you'll continue to study them on your own. Tune in next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.